Welcome to Box Cutters episode 221. It's getting a lot of attention at our place. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Nellie Thomas. Hi. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Brett, how good is it to have Nellie back? Oh, yeah, she smells great. She's, <laughs> she's got a lovely perspective on life and the world and television. She she looks she looks wonderful. She looks look, well well oh, rested. I look terrible. Well, I didn't want to make her feel uncomfortable because you know, hottie, hottie in the house, yeah. hot and tidy. Which has been you know it's it's, it's been great having John. He's a hottie, so, yeah. You, you know, and and John now has this week off because you're back into yeah. regularly programmed schedule. I am back. I apologise for my absence. I thank John for uh, for filling my tiny shoes. Actually, they're not tiny. They're quite ample. But anyway. Uh, oh, like in, pe- literally. Like, you like, got big feet as well. Like I've Peggy got Hill. huge feet. Size 11. <gasps> yeah. That is like that is Peggy huge. Hill. Yeah. Who's Peggy Hill? From King of the Hill. Don't she watch has it. very big feet. Right. Mm. I actually I saw a show in the Comedy Festival, Harley Brain, great show, and he was talking about how awkward it is to be a big man because he's a big guy, and he's like, imagine if you were a girl and you had to order your shoes over the internet. Like, oh, it'd be hard to be someone's special flower. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> I've got massive feet. Right. Mm. Still, no one needed flower. to know that. Josh. No, they really didn't. No, no one did. I don't even know why you brought it up. It's not about television. <laughs> oh, this is going well. Yeah, you glad to have me back? So glad. Great. So glad. I think next year, what we'll do mm. though, just to to mix it up a bit, is keep you fortnightly during yep. the the comedy festival. Yeah. But get John to do your comedy festival show fortnightly. Oh my god! If that could be arranged. I would, I would, I'd be in heaven. I would be in heaven. It's just the sheer relentless. I look, no one wants to listen to a comedian whinge about doing an hour a night, but it just, it just about killed me, is all I'm saying. I forget, every year I forget how draining it is. How, how hard it is to work one hour a day. It is really, for me, that is quite tricky, but I've been in Phillip Island. I've been laying around doing not very much except watching TV. So there you go. Excellent. I've got some stuff to say. Well, in terms of TV, we are going to talk about MasterChef <gasps> during the show. Because I know you love it. Ugh, can't get enough. I, I, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Brett, do you like the MasterChef? I, That's um... enough. We'll, we'll talk about that during the segment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, You're feisty we're, tonight. I am. You are feisty. I am. I Day can off. see it. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about that uh, later on in the show. We're also uh, going to have a little bit of before and after school. Uh, with uh, Dead Gorgeous, a uh, show on ABC3, uh, and I Don't Buy It, The Quiz, oh, oh yes, cool. The Box Cutters Quiz, one thing, some pork, as always though, we're going to kick things off with The Box Cutters News. Oh, my God, Brett Cropley. What have we done? I thought when we had people on the show, it meant they didn't get killed. Well, okay, no one's gotten killed. What? No. No one one who has been on the show got killed. But last week, Nelly, we had Dave Lawson here from Mm. the Channel 7 show, The Bounce. Right. And... Which I I quite like. Right. Mm. Right. Well, he was... Looking forward to it this Thursday. Mm. He was uh, was talking to us about how Channel 7 really... Can I finish the... What, what, 
He's just looking at me what? funny, and I'm thinking, if I, yeah, go, yeah, go. Because, because he likes to tease. Right, He okay. likes to tease. It's okay. You like the show now. <laughs> okay, good. That's good. Good. So, Dave Lawson was in talking about how much Channel 7 are behind it and mm-hmm. how the show's really changed a lot in mm-hmm. then it was four weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's been uh, five weeks and how it will continue, continue to develop and, uh, and just develop until it's uh, something really great at the uh, at the end of the year, and we talked about having him on mm. uh, towards we- the end of the season, and and we we're all very positive about mm. the bounce at the end of it. After last Thursday's no. terrible performance of the bounce, uh, ratings wise, cut. Are you serious? Yeah, Channel Seven have pulled it. Have you got inside info, or is this somewhere like in a no, no, no? This was uh, th- th- this was. Uh, Reported in wow. Sunday's Age. In today's paper, apparently it was announced yesterday. People this have been talking about it all over town. But like the Lee, you're talking the Lee Matthews, the Peter Hallier. Matthew Richardson. I thought it was really good. I mean, I literally did watch 15 minutes of it, so, you know. Well, we, we asked Dave if the world needed another Footy football show. show. Yeah. And he talked about how important it was to have a family-orientated mm-hmm. football show that wasn't necessarily about stats and yeah. uh, and and the news the of football, novice. but just just yeah. about enjoying footy mm. and and having some fun with it. Mm. Uh, and so at first I was sceptical. At the end of the interview, I was I was quite convinced. I mm. thought, yes, this is a this is a good show. Mm. I like the idea. Mm. And then gone, gone. So where's the? I mean, really, where's the commitment? Like, well, why this- why wouldn't you give it a few more? And in fact, I, I, I guess it was off air that we were talking about. Yeah, you know, there, there seem to have been the new winds that have swept through local production with uh, Australian TV, with uh, Channel Ten giving so much of a chance to the Seven PM project mm. to to be tweaked and tweaked and and become what it is, and mm. and I guess get uh, viewer figures up to an acceptable level for them, even with. Letters to the Green Guide every week saying, "Oh my God, this is terrible! You got to pull it off." And has the ratings for that show increased? I'm not sure, but it's still there. Yeah, mm. Brett, you've got uh, access to the internet. Can you have a look at what Channel Seven have put in place of the bounce? Because in Sydney, the Maddie Johns show, uh, not to be confused with the Ronnie Johns Half Hour. Yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, the The Maddie Johns show has been doing quite well. Mm. Uh, oh, in, so in Sydney and Queensland, mm. uh, but the bounce did not perform well. Uh, Melbourne, Adelaide, Perth, and is that because people love? I can't remember the name of the other one, but I have also watched that a few times. The um, the one on Channel Ten uh, After, uh, before the uh, game. Before the game, um, is that because that's better, or is, is this is well, it in bad times? They're not or? even they're not even up against each other. Right? Uh, no, this was not. one was Thursday seven thirty, mm. and. Uh, it was football orientated variety, mm. es- essentially, uh, and lovely to have something new and and them trying something light and fluffy. And look, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, before the game is is more of a, it's a panel bit more show. In depth, yeah, uh, it is a little bit more in depth. It is it is very much just people talking about mm. footy. It, mm. It's about non experts talking about footy, mm. and uh, and that's where their angle is. Are you a footy fan? I'm not. No. Are you a footy fan, Brett? Mm, no. Because I wouldn't call myself a footy fan, but I do quite like it. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. I'm not a kind of hardcore fan, but I'll watch the footy if it's on and I don't mind watching before the game. Um, for someone like me, I actually I find it really suits before the game because I don't have in-depth knowledge, but I have enough to kind of get by and know what they're talking about and learn. 
at the same time. Which is, I, I liked, I really liked the old uh, Tolkien footy mm-hmm. uh, back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, which was late on a Monday night, they would talk about the, the weekend just passed mm. and, uh, and talk about it seriously and, yeah. and analyse it yeah. so I could learn it enough yeah. about it that when I went to work the next day, mm. I could engage in conversations with, you know, it was... You could it look was like of, you were part of Melbourne's culture. It was kind of like <laughs> cheat notes yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for somebody who wasn't into football but liked, you know, being social. Have you seen the um, Aboriginal footy show on SBS? No, I haven't. The, is it SBS? Channel 31. Is it Channel 31? I love that. I mean, I very, you know, occasionally watch it. But in terms of cheat notes, wow. I mean, they really get into it. They really get into well, I, what's going on. I'm thinking I might, I might do this this week and then mm-hmm. uh, in a couple of weeks when you're back on, I'll go through it. But I think right. I'm going to look at every single footy show that's on television mm. that I can get access to. You're going to go the footy show? Uh, yeah. You need to drink some beer. You I will, need to I will. really steal yourself. So I'm going to try to, to get through all of that uh, in a week yeah. and kind of look at how AFL is represented on television on mm. all the different channels mm. as much as I can find and uh, and then report back on it. But it's it, I think it is a shame that uh, the bounce is gone because – and, you know, I made a joke of it during the show – in the conversation with Dave Lawson, but you can never trust Channel 7 when it comes to, yeah, uh, you know, when they say they've got your back, they don't. Well, and interesting because Matthew Richardson, who was the footballer on it. Who I found very boring. Oh, see, I was just going to say, I thought, I find him in interviews and things um, relative to other footballers actually quite interesting. Like, I think he actually handles his media appearances quite well compared to other footballers. He doesn't seem to just have a kind of steady string of, you know, oh, yeah, we did well, it's all about the boys, about the game. Kind of, He seems to actually say something about the other players in the game. I mean, again, I didn't see enough of this particular show to say how he performed on it, but you didn't. You found him boring on that? I, fa- I, found, him, I found him boring on, on the bounce. Uh, you, but was he wooden or he was? I, I, fa- I thought he was quite wooden compared to Lee Matthews and compared to Pete Hellier. I was going to say, it would be, what a comparison, though. I mean, it's pretty hard to put a footballer up against um, Peter Hellier and Lee Matthews, who are both pretty entertaining. Yeah, and I mean, Lee Matthews has had a lot of experience talking about football yeah. on television. Yeah, and uh, and and Matthew Richardson not as not, much. Yeah, uh, but he might have settled into it. And had he been and given the chance, Peter Hellier's role was really. It was really just host, mm. uh, which is quite a, a departure. From well, he wasn't doing that crazy character. Strawny. He? Yeah, no. he wasn't doing that kind of whoa. But he was doing a couple of other characters. Oh, was he? Yeah, I didn't see the, those. The office uh, footy tipping comp obsessive. Right. And, uh, and, and the kid with the, uh, the juice box. Yeah, the, oh, okay. one, one of the kids on the fence uh, was that, that sketch. And, uh, and Pete, Pete Rosethorn as well did some mm-hmm. excellent sketches in it. So, so, but it's gone. It's gone. Gone. It's gone. Uh, in other Hello. channel seven. Oh yeah, hold the phone. What? <laughs> well, I I assume this because uh, I did look up uh, Ice TV in their guide and uh, it is still listing the bounce. And now I thought uh, maybe maybe they're just out of touch and and they haven't updated the guide. But I go to uh, channel seven's site, the uh, TV Yahoo uh, guide, and seven pm on seven thirty pm on Thursday evening is the bounce. Still there. Well, Pritchett, this is what always amazes me when they cut a show this early. I think 
Surely you've paid the people for the duration of their contract. Like, have you paid Peter Hellier for 12 shows or whatever it is? Um, what a waste of money. <laughs> but they, they do that all the time. They, yeah. radio, radio stations do that all the time. Actually, to, to, to be fair, uh, it's been pulled, but uh, according to the age report from mm. Sunday, uh, there are plans to revamp the show. So oh. uh, and Hell is and, and relaunch about, it and relaunch we'll, we'll it be in back September. in September. Yeah. Oh, for the grand final. Yeah, the final. So season. it's just yeah. it's just on production hiatus, whatever that means. But that that suggests that there was something terribly wrong with it. Like we've got to pull it and go and you know rework it. And I mean, I'm just wondering. And from, from, from the than, talk that went around at the time after the first episode, they did exactly that. Sacked half the writing staff and well, oh, and that's, yes, I did and that's, read that. Mm. That's not what that's not what actually happened. Uh, they didn't they didn't sack half the writing staff. Half the writing staff walked uh, over a, a dispute that changing was, the the focus or the angle that the show was taking and and uh, and yeah, it, there are a whole lot of we talked it, about it a bit it was, last week and it was quite a quite a political uh, situation in the uh, in the production office, but. Well, you'll be able to watch this as well on uh, on the other channel on ICE. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no ICE, be on? ICE, ICE TV is a ICE guide. TV is, a, is an online TV guide. Oh no! So, so uh, you can't watch it at all. No, no, no. it's it's it's, no, it's apparently on. not going to be on. You could add that to your little repertoire. Yeah, uh, apparently not going to be on at all. Uh, which is which is strange because, given the opportunity, the show would develop into something. That uh, that would be very entertaining as weekly feedback came through, mm. uh, but no, it's it's obviously much better to take it off and then develop it in a vacuum and bring it back and go, huh? Do you mm. like us now? And what if we replaced it with what's going to be? We, on we at don't that know. Time? No word. Not we even from okay. Channel 7's website. All guard. Right. Uh, in other Channel Seven news, the Seven Group have merged with Kerry Stokes' uh, other large. Company, it's a mining company, isn't West it? Westrack, which is a obviously is a mining company. There, are, there, are, uh, there's a simpatico between mining and uh, mining for good content at, at Channel Seven. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say, you know, it, looking at mines and looking at content on Channel Seven, both things can collapse. So, <laughs> <laughs> there's um, and Kerry Stokes made all his money from from mining, um, and uh, well, this was this was put up. A couple of months ago, I think, uh, as as Stokes wanted to to amalgamate these two companies, um, so that so I can't even bring to mind the business uh, bullshit kind of talk <laughs> that they use in in that situation. Oh, look one one has a lot of cash. Essentially, this is this is the way it works. Seven Group has a lot of cash, mm-hmm. a lot of cash, very few assets, and nothing really good to invest in at mm. the moment. Uh, the uh, the mining group, Westrack, mm. has a lot of assets, uh, not much but cash. a lot of debt as right. well. So they can kind of balance each other out. It works great for the balance books of, uh, of both companies and, and, uh, and everybody's happy. And the, the shareholders apparently overwhelmingly uh, voted for it. But this is now going to be an, another case of a very large company that doesn't have media as its centre running one of our major television networks. Mm. Now, this has happened with Channel 9 twice in the past, one of those times, past and present. Uh, before that, 
when Alan Bond ran Channel 9 mm-hmm. was very bad for Channel 9 then. But Stokes is still going to be there. And, yes. and he's been running Channel 7 and, and expanding his media empire and trying to take over WA News and all that sort of stuff for some time now, trying to sue everybody else in, in media uh, as well. But now you've got a board made up of people who were on a media board and people who are, were on a mining board, mm-hmm. and you've got a, a board of media miners. Mm. What, what? So what, Miner are your, medias, what are your mediums. fears in terms of what it will do to the station? Uh, in real terms, it, more things like like this happening with with the bounce. I think mm-hmm. I think more, uh, if possible, more things being pulled off without giving given even the really? faintest the, chance. Like like beyond the ABC, it's what happens with Channel Nine now? Beyond the ABC, do, do boards of media organisations actually have that much hands on? Uh, and it, it might be a bit controversial to say that the board of the ABC has a hands-on uh, involvement with with the stations. Well, if you, if you um, think about Channel Nine, the board uh, uh, the board of the parent company probably doesn't have a hands-on uh, idea, but it does put pressure on the management below it mm. to to have a certain target, and that does target it become more financially. It focused? becomes more financially focused, less. Uh, uh, less necessarily development ratings and mm. culture focused. So, well, and that's time, isn't it? Because you'd have to argue, obviously, at least with the commercial stations, they're all financially focused, of course. But if you've got a creative understanding and well, sensibility, yeah, if, understand it takes time to grow a show to then if, become financially. If you successful. look at what Adam Boland did with Sunrise, mm-hmm. would something like that be able to foster mm. under a, a new management on. structure like mm. like this? That's the mm. that's the question that this brings to mind, mm. uh, and and I don't know. Uh, briefly in other news, uh, what should we go with, Brett? What, what do you think? South Park. Yep. South Park had an episode altered uh, after a Muslim group in New York put a, uh, a thinly veiled. They, they, they said they were offended. They said they were offended and they said this is a warning. By South Park. And it was what? because yeah. they, uh, they satirised the Prophet Muhammad by... Did okay. they put him, put him in an ape suit or something? No, what, what happens in, in the episode, and this is in, in South Park's 200th episode, mm. they bring a whole, lot of the, uh, uh, a whole lot of the past celebrities that they have uh, parodied or, mm-hmm. or had part of the show uh, onto the show... Uh, all organised in in one big lobby group, uh, led by Tom Cruise, and uh, previously in South Park they had an episode with the Super Best Friends, who were uh, religious figures from all religions, uh, well not all religions, but many many religions, mm. uh, but were also a team of super superheroes. Okay. And so they, they were, showed an image of Muhammad and in that. And they they had Muhammad in that and that was I think like in 2002 yeah. or something like that before the whole mm. Dutch cartoon Danish, mm. Danish cartoon thing. Yep. Whatever. One mm. one makes licorice, the other makes pastries. <laughs> They're roughly Which in the same it? same area. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, I would go with the hash cake, I, I think. Uh that's um no that's a Twitter thing, isn't it? <laughs> the uh uh, so, so they had had Muhammad in in the show previously, mm-hmm. and uh, just and to, can I just stop you there because it is is it uh, offensive 
to show an image of Muhammad regardless of how you portray Muhammad. Is and Islam. According, according to, according to uh, both the uh, Judeo-Christian Bible mm. and the... Uh, and the Quran, it is, uh, it is not allowed to show a representation of a, of a holy person. So, okay. uh, in so that's a yes. It is offensive, yes. regardless really? whether yeah, or not you're doing cartoon well. or not. Yeah, mm. but nobody takes any notice of that. Uh, religious Jews do. In if you ever look at uh, religious Jewish children's books where they have stories from the Bible, they don't have any faces on the pictures. Mm. Is that because is, you haven't had the Messiah yet? No, that's just because, <laughs> because that's what like it in the, says in the Bible. In the Christian tradition, it's been mostly about uh, the, the little baby Jesus and, and the Virgin Mary or or the Sacred Heart of Jesus, Jesus. And the old guy in the sky with the white and, beard. And... Oh, less depictions about God. Uh, but that's, it's that's not, more an imagination still, thing. If you the, had a... the, the white dove with the Holy Spirit. But you'd be, able to, you'd be able to put that in a kid's book without yeah, Christ absolutely. just going yeah. berserk. Well, it's the roof of the Sistine Chapel. Questions. I do. Nice. <laughs> roof of the Sistine Chapel, sure. for example. <laughs> yeah. uh, that little thing. But, uh, but in, in Islam, they, uh, they take it one step further and don't let anybody, uh, they, they think anybody, even outside of their faith, uh, representing an, an image is, is uh, offensive, according to some groups. So, mm. uh, so was there an outcry in two oh two then when they no. had an image of Muhammad? No, there was not. So, what's different between then and now? Uh, since then, South Park had an episode in two thousand and six after the Danish mm-hmm. cartoon came out. Do you think pastry cartoonist uh, depicting Muhammad yeah. with a turban with mm. a bomb under it? Mm. Yes, uh, which. You know, some people reproduced, and, and there was a, a whole lot of controversy over that. Mm. Uh, and threats. South, and, South Park yeah. had an episode that kind of mocked that whole mm-hmm. situation, and Comedy Central censored out the image of Muhammad. Did they really? Mm. They just put a big rectangle where Muhammad was supposed to be with censored written on it. Wow. So the first episode, South Park makes fun of that, and... They say, well, we can't bring Muhammad out. And mm. so they have him in uh, a U-Haul, a U-Haul trailer. trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't see him. And you, you can, can hear just, him. Hear, <laughs> just hear his voice go, yes. <laughs> and people go, are we allowed to do that? Like, it's, it's quite funny. Yeah. And then at, at the end, uh, bring him out in a bear suit. So you can't actually see him. It's, he's wearing a bear suit. Uh, in the So strictly there has been no and depiction the, of yes, Muhammad. Yes, the creators are part of that. I mean, Comedy Central, did, they didn't put it on and then Comedy Central kind of pixelate the image out. As no, no, no. The, the creators, the creators yeah. did that on their own. Mm. Uh, but then this, this warning comes onto a, a, a website in... Revolution Muslim? Is yes. posted on its website. Mm-hmm. Uh, RevolutionMuslim.com. And have you got the quote there? Uh, the post written by a member named Abu Tala al-Amriki said the episode outright insulted the prophet, adding... We have to warn Matt and Trey that what they are doing is stupid and they will probably wind up like Thea Van Gogh for airing this show. This is not a threat but a warning of the reality of what will likely happen to them. Theo Van Gogh. That's not a threat. Well, the, the poster wasn't threatening Trey and Matt. He, it was, was, he was saying these, these religious crazies are probably going to go you. Mm. Well, and, yes or and no, so, though. Yeah. I mean, and is, so, so is yeah. it is it a warning? Is it a threat? Is it a threat? Is it a, is it a threat? But I don't want to seem like I'm threatening you. Yeah, 
Yeah. Ha- House of Pain. Well, Comedy Central took it as a threat. Mm. And in the second part of, uh, of this two-part story, mm. uh, which aired last week on Comedy Central, they, uh, they did put Muhammad behind a big censored picture. But on top of that, they also beeped out all the words oh, every time Muhammad was said. Wow. Every time the word Muhammad was said, that was beeped out. Uh, out and, of respect, and do then, you think? Or is it no, fear? No, out of fear. It's fear. So out they were worried that they were going to get, you know, bombed or, you know, Matt and, and Trey were going to get, I don't know, shot walking to Starbucks or something. I mean, what was the fear? Uh, th- I, think that, I think that was the fear. Right. I think they, you know, they feared for their talent. But it went a step further because all of that was kind of agreed to by Matt and Trey. And was, really? All right, we'll go ahead mm. and do it. And at the end, uh, there's, uh, you, you know, the speeches. Oh, I learned something today. Mm. Speeches at the end of South Park, uh, which is all all about uh, trying to, to change things through fear and, uh, and intimidation and, mm. and how, you know, nobody succeeds through that. The entire speech beeped. Wow. And so it's just like 30 <laughs> seconds of beep, beep, beep. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, no mention, no mention of Muhammad in that at all. Mm. Comedy Central just decided, no, nah, that's also Let's going too get... far and beeped the whole thing. It's interesting, isn't it? Because they're obviously not in any way frightened to lampoon the Christian right, and God knows neither am I, no pun intended. Um, but, you know, they've got they've got some hardcore loonies as well, especially in America, you know, shooting people at abortion clinics and all that kind of stuff. So why don't they have the same fear? I mean, is it because they've had a direct threat or is it just purely because there's more fear about Muslims at the moment? Oh, it's, it's, it's racism combined with... Uh, combined with actual threats or mm. uh, discussion of threats, uh, and they I, I mean, must, they, but they must get threats they had, from other loonies. They had Buddha doing lines of coke. That's what I'm saying. They must have threats from other religious uh, extremists, even about the portrayal of whoever their particular god or deity or whatever is on South Park. I mean, they must. This can't be the first threat they've had. Oh no, no, it, it can't be the first threat. I, I think. It it does stink a little bit of racism to me. Yeah, well, from from Comedy, Comedy Central. Central because the that F- they censored everything that they censored everything. The FBI said they only act on criminal oh. uh, on criminal acts when when asked by the New York Times. Uh, oh. The local law enforcement uh, said that they're not considering it a criminal act at this stage, uh, and the Post. What's Sorry? The, the post being a criminal act as a warning. Yes. yes. What's interesting is that you wouldn't think that Matt Parker and Trey Stone would or participate. Or the other way around. Or would, you know, you can Matt tell that I'm not. Yeah, Matt and Trey. Matt and Trey were on first name basis. Um, you wouldn't think that they would participate in it if they, in that kind of censorship if they didn't have real fear. So I'm wondering if there's something that we don't oh, know. No, I think I, I think on, on the one hand they want their episode seen, mm-hmm. so they're willing to compromise with the network. You think? I mean, but That's, two guys who are that successful, I mean, they've got a bit of weight to throw around. Uh, I mean, surely they can kind of go leave my shit alone at that point. But with the with the case with their Van Gogh uh, getting gunned down, I believe that was in a department store from memory. Um, but uh, that was because he'd made a film that discussed the abuse of women, uh, mm. Muslim women in some Islamic society. So mm. it was it was just a, a bit of a, a, 
I, uh, uh, what's the word? Examination of, mm. of uh, the culture. And, and so, you know, it didn't depict Muhammad, mm. something explicitly forbidden mm. um, and uh, didn't, didn't uh, attribute any words to Muhammad or anything like that. So, mm. it, well, And let's be a, honest, a I mean, the fear is not completely unfounded. No, I mean, obviously no, no, there, there is some legitimacy to the fear. It's not like pure out-and-out racism. I mean, there is a threat there. Those sorts of threats have been carried out for similar things. There is, but what I find interesting is they must have had other similar threats from other groups. So why haven't they censored abortion sketches or you know stuff about loony Christians or Buddha doing Christians lines of coke? Because Christians only kill the doctor murderers. But do they? Don't they? Like the abortion clinic killings in the states that we hear about are, mm. are about taking out doctors who perform abortions. Yeah, and, and now I, th- I think the. The day that we understand the logic of why <laughs> networks do certain things. I thought you were going to say why people, you know, kill other people on the basis of religious belief, but both. I Let's, think I think yeah. they're both as uh, as uh, unintelligible. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. In, in Lastly in the news, uh, and because we continue to cover this, uh, Jason Bateman said in an interview with the LA Times this week that uh, David Cross saying that the Arrested Development movie is not going to go ahead is just his opinion and uh, and that, as far as he's concerned, it is still going ahead. So mm. there's still news just at hand. There still may or may not be an Arrested Development movie coming. Who can tell? Now, we, we have uh, kept an eye on uh, how George Michael has been going and uh, he's, he's not looking yet too old to play the role of the son but how's maybe going like like is she getting close to 30 and it's not going to be believable that she's she's a young daughter and so the the cast is she was 16 when that show started to, to fit into uh to the story that they want to tell she was 16 when that show started yeah it means she's probably 20 now yeah but well I, I don't get i don't get what you're saying what are we are we speculating? Are they on going what to get so old that that whatever they do in a movie isn't going to be relatable to? Did you watch Nine Hundred Two One A, Brett? Because they the, were like thirty five. <laughs> well, I watched Thirty Rock. So with, hang on, but, yeah. but, <laughs> I'm forty years old. I've had a good life. Why would the Why would the movie have to be a con, a direct continuation of where oh, you we left off? I don't think that's an, an issue. I don't think anything's an issue. The show may or may not happen. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's an issue. But because of but would they because of the parent child relationships, uh, oh, because you don't have you don't have relationships with your parents now that you're all grown up. Well, uh, Michael wouldn't, uh, Jason Bateman wouldn't be as conflicted about George Michael doing particular stuff if he was a a 22 year old rather than a 16 year old who he's still looking after and and still housing and feeding and clothing and all that sort of I stuff. Don't, I don't understand. You're speculating on a movie that. <laughs> Doesn't exist, may never exist, and if it does exist, I'm just thinking about really it the relationships just, that are going on. I think you raised it. Will Joshua they need Kamal. to recast it anyway? No, no, no. I raised it in a. It still may or may not happen. 
It's yeah, still shredding his cat. Just running with that. No, little, Brett. He's got Brett's on that freight train. Brett's gotten a completely different <laughs> ball from another for, for, from a completely different game, and he's running with that ball. No, I'm with Cropsy on this one. You as much as we go back and forward about it's happening, it's not happening, it's happening, it's not happening. We just got to run out of time because everybody's going to look like they're sixty. I don't think we're going to fight, 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 fight. I don't think we're going to run out of time. I think they'll either do the movie or they won't do the movie based on whatever is available at the time. I, d- I don't see how that's how, how that's an, an issue, whether or not people are 16 or, or 20. The film still may or may not ever go ahead. And, and that, they, don't, they don't have to have David Cross, do they? And that is the Box Cutters news. Hi, you're listening to Jenna and Corin on Box Cutters. Yeah. What? Do I not even get to say anything? You don't get to say anything. All right. Yeah. <laughs> what Jenna said. <laughs> yeah, what happened to them? They got through to the end of the competition, and um, who who was that? That's Beauty Je- and the Geek, Jenna oh, and the Corin. Yeah, Je- Jenna mm. and the Corin. Which one was the beauty? The girl, Jenna. Mm. Was she beautiful? She's all right. She all right. She she, had, um, she she had some interesting fashion. She had <laughs> quite impressive shoes. <laughs> she had ve- she had very good legs and very good shoes, and and we can tell that. And a because, very short dress. Well, dress slash shirt. Lisa, <laughs> <laughs> you like the old guys from the Muppets? Yeah, she had nice pins, but she needed to have another skirt on. Oh, <laughs> these young we, people these days. We are we are like Statler and Waldorf. You are. We I'm are. not saying that with prejudice. I'm just saying she had that's nice how she pins. Was. All right, fair enough. Nelly, you've been watching MasterChef. Have I? Oh, I'm in heaven. I'm in absolute heaven. I just love that show. I absolutely love it, which will come as no surprise to any of the Boxcutters listeners. Not surprised listeners. at all. Um, but one of the reasons I love – I mean, I love the three. I love the trio. I think, you know, that other travesty that was on Channel 7 or what, whatever it was, that cooking show My that had rolls. Manu and um, the other one. Uh, I tried. I tried. You know I can watch some crap. Oh, yeah. I tried to get into that and I'm just like, eh. And then I read a quote from Manu, um, something to the effect that their show like had two good-looking hosts and had real food or something. The other show was hosted by three fat, ugly guys who, you know, couldn't cook or something like that. I'm obviously paraphrasing. And I thought, yeah, but which one's entertaining? Uh, <laughs> which is MasterChef. I absolutely adore all three of the, the hosts. I reckon they're great. And, you know, the, the contestants slash characters – are like shaping up to be really good and they've you know what's great I think about this season they haven't they haven't kept it exactly the same like they haven't gone winning formula why would you mess with it let's just do what we did last year mm. but nor have they gone let's go crazy and like mix it up completely they've kept it pretty much the same with a few variations for example the mystery box which is one of my favourite things. Because they say mystery box a lot? Because they say mystery box and I go, mm, that's dirty. I love it. <laughs> put your uh, face in mystery box? <laughs> put your face in what's under the mystery box? Um, where you get mystery, obviously, ingredients. Everyone gets the same thing and you've got to, you know, fashion up a, a recipe out of it. You have to stick your hand in you the mystery box. You have to stick your hand in the mystery box and then eat it. And um, I love it too. They have never before. No, you'll love this. They never had a sweet mystery box before. No, in all savoury mystery boxes up to this point. So they've kept the mystery box, but they've just given it a sweet flavour. You're like, this is good. This is good. So, um, okay, can I tell you what I liked about the the start of uh, of MasterChef this year? You can. Is that we didn't have to go through that 
terrible, terrible audition process. Yeah, they which did is cut quite so a bit of it out. Boring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did love that as well, but um, I can see what you meant. It was very repetitive, and they're doing le- they still do it, but they're doing less recap. I think they have listened to the various criticisms they've had about you do not need to do the last 20 seconds and recap it again after every ad break, which got very tedious. Yep. Um, so the highlights, obviously Matt Preston's get up. I mean, he had pink pants on the other night and a purple cravat. I, I'm so, I will marry him. I will marry – if Matt Preston comes in, I will ask him to marry me because that's mm. just – that's great, bold. We might be able to do that. Oh, God, if Matt Preston – I think I'd go giddy. I think I'd be weak at the net. He's sexy, ugly, Matt Preston. He's like Sandra Bernhardt, sexy, ugly. Oh, mm. Hat right. full of assholes, but, oh, you'd give him a go. You would. You would. You know it. Uh, <laughs> low lights. Have you been watching? Because you won't know who I, I'm talking about. I, I have been watching. Adele's crying. Oh. Adele, get over it. It's all the crying. Oh. I think I think all the crying in MasterChef, they're – there's there's this thing that they keep saying in MasterChef, which is, I really want to have this chance. I really want to oh. make this work. You know what? If you really want to just make it work, you would go to a culinary institute yeah. and learn how to be a bloody chef. If, you, you, if it what? was that important to you. This no, what's important chance. to you is being on television. This is the chance. I really want to have this chance. This is the chance. You're not talking about something you haven't got. You've got it. Like, you've got the chance. So stop it's, talking like you're a victim no, or, you know. No, this oh. isn't even only the chance. This isn't the chance. No, because there's other chances. Because you could yeah. get kicked out and mm. then go to a culinary institute. Yeah, yeah. Do the that. crying, it just does my head in. And I think particularly the, just the, I mean, as I said, I love the three of them. I really do love the hosts. But the desperate need for their approval, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It's like Adele, for example, this is a grown woman who has, you know, Squeezed human beings out of her own vajayjay and raised them and out, had a life. Out of her own mystery box. Out of her own mystery fun. box. <laughs> her sweet mystery box. And raised them and done various other things, I'm sure, in her 49 years. And then she's like a little child going, George, please like my chips. Please like my... And I just find it excruciating, that mm. part of it. Um, but generally, I quite like the people. Now, I know there was some chit-chat last year um, about Poe. Mm. From from you, have you been watching Alvin? Now I don't I don't remember any of their names. Okay, so Alvin is the Asian dude. Yep, with the glasses, a little bit camp. Yep, love Alvin. White oh, white so rims. Is, so is Toka yes. Asian and gay? I don't know if he's gay. He, um, I mean, it hasn't been discussed. But but the, it wouldn't but, surprise me. But I did notice. I did notice uh, the hosts slash judges mm. uh, talking to Alvin. About oh you'd be quite familiar with this kind of stuff. Well, this As is why I all, raise it. All yeah. of that, all of that uh, inherent racism that I noticed last year with Poe yeah. is coming out again. They're expecting Asians to cook Asian food. The reason I raise it is because I remember you saying that you thought the treatment of Poe, particularly in sort of pushing her to do Asian dishes and talk about her heritage, which is just a nice way of saying mm. race. Um, that you you thought that, that was racist, and I thought is is Alvin in fact the new Poe? Because there is a lot of that kind of, you know, your heritage, your background. Um, you'll be good with this particular dish. You'll be this will favour you. And I was interested in your thoughts on that. I have never seen them encourage a skip to make skip food. Mm. 
I've never seen them go... What, a meat pie? Yeah, I've mm. never seen them go... You'll be good with steak, don't Yeah, why don't you mm. come back and just make a shepherd's pie? Mm. Just make a shepherd's pie and show us how good your shepherd's pie can mm. be. Oh, you've layered the meat and the potatoes. <laughs> nice nice touch. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen them tell a Greek person to go mm. back and make some fried cheese and moussaka. Mm. But I have seen them talk about... Mm. Asians having an, an Asian influence in mm. their in their cooking. Nor have I seen when you have, as was the case the other night, when they did um, a curry, a Neil Perry curry, which looked delicious. Mm. Um, Except it uses a non-sustainable fish. Oh, look at him. Bloody tree hugger over here. Yeah, it's Master Chef, darling. <laughs> there is nothing about sustainability or health I know, in but that I was, show. I was sitting there with my uh, sustainable fishing guide. <laughs> going, <laughs> which going, one was it? It was Snapper. See, I was watching the um, the finale of Fatty Loser. Of course I was. I taped it. And I was watching that and there's all these ads for MasterChef. And the irony. Like, oh, is anyone at Channel ridiculous. 10 aware of the litres of butter that they're cooking their <laughs> steak? Anyway, um, where were we? Uh, we were talking about uh, racism and not, neither have you seen. Nor have I ever seen them. with. They had a couple of um, Anglo-Saxon uh, contestants who were very good at the curry. Nor have I seen them go, oh, is this part of your background? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, have you had a mum who used to cook curry or is your, did your dad travel and pick up? You know, like, there's no kind of... Or, or nor, nor have they said... Because what they said to Poe in the first episode of, of yes, last I year remember. was, uh, well, this isn't really your forte, is it? Yeah. This, uh, this the wrong European food. cooking. Yeah. Uh, but never when a skip makes an Asian mm. dish, have they gone, well, that's not really your background, is it? It reminded me of a friend of mine who came, when I came over from um, from UWA to come over to study at Melbourne Uni, she had come over as well to do a PhD in French poetry. And, her, and she was Asian. And her uh, supervisor basically said to her, no, we won't, be able to, we won't be able to supervise you if you're doing that. Why don't you do something Asian, basically? And so she did. Right, and so this is and this is a problem. I think mm. I think it represents a, a larger problem that mm. we have in this country, and mm. it comes out in MasterChef. Mm. Uh, something you haven't mentioned about MasterChef, different to last year. Mm. There's no host. No, and do you know what? I was just about to say that, and it had only just popped into my head that it was the case, which tells me that it's made no difference. No at difference all. whatsoever. No, and I think well, it's actually, actually hard to pick the host last year, wasn't it? Well, it was. Really? It was. Yeah. This, it was this woman who she wasn't the Sarah kind of Wilson stood off. Mm. To, no, no, some woman stood right, off. To some this, woman. Some woman. Yeah. Uh, did she have a name? I don't know because she would appear some episodes and mm. and not other episodes. Yet somehow she was hosting. Mm. Yet her role was completely. Superfluous. Well, I read an interview with her where she said she found it uh, incredibly frustrating because from all accounts and even to get that kind of gig, clearly she's probably got some runs on the board. She could actually host it decently, but she was so like tightly reined in and so tightly scripted um, that she hated it and mm. clearly it didn't work. So um, the, doing without that kind of role as again, opposed to her, it, I mean, it's made no difference And at all. Channel 10 shows have a history of, of doing that with mm. female hosts. Yeah, with um, AJ Rochester was yeah. the same thing on, on FL, Fatty Loser. But the same thing's happened with, uh, with what's-his-face on Australia's Got Talent. Um, is, Sandlands. From, from uh, no, 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 not the... Not the judges. Um, uh, oh, Grant Denyer. Grant yeah. Denyer. From, from all the advertising, uh. it was difficult to see if he was actually still there hosting the show. It's so it awkward. Yeah, but, that's, but, but 
when we're talking about the scripting of uh, – because he said that that also happens with – I don't think that heavy scripting happens with uh, Grant Denyer as much as it happens with – Female hosts of Channel Ten shows. Right. So yeah. I think what we're getting to, where they do literally get how do you, you feel? You've just come now. off. Yeah. So I, I think what we're getting to mm. with this MasterChef discussion is that MasterChef is a hotbed of Australian bigotry, <laughs> reflective of the culture. I mean, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because it's that whole kind of um, which you and I have talked about before, not on box cutters, but it's that whole. You know, when you're trying to say through something like the Australia Council or different bodies like that, you're trying to encourage um, various minority groups to get a Guernsey, like, oh, I've got Indigenous arts or we've got, you know, Asian arts or whatever. What the unintended uh, consequence of that can be to actually exclude difference. So what if you've got a black fella who wants to paint um, impressionist paintings? With dots. Do you know what I mean? Like, or what if you've got an Asian artist who wants to do French poetry or whatever it is mm. oh, yeah, that no, don't fit you into you the... Have, you can't have any of that. It's gatekeeping kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but do I think... I mean, you know, I mean, in, in that sort of instance on MasterChef, I don't think it's um, malicious. I don't think it's malicious racism. But no, but which is, which is worse? Malicious racism mm. or... Well, both one needs the other, doesn't it? Or inherent racism. Yeah. And... Uh, I mean, that, that being said, it's still a very entertaining mm, show. Mm. Uh, but I do find myself getting quite annoyed when, when I do pick up on these And on you these know issues, what? You At know. the same time, and I mean, obviously living in Melbourne, but I've, there's listeners from, from elsewhere, we're multicultural anyway. But another thing that's happening with MasterChef is that there are skips who eat, you know, steak and chips learning to make curry. Which is fantastic. Which is amazing, you know, and moussaka and, and you know, various other things and, and buy fresh produce and... You know, actually even, well, maybe not learn about sustainable fish, but, you know, start thinking about your food. But it's the same with, with Fattest Loser. Uh, you know, there, there are some overweight people who it mm. encourages who to go inspired. out and, and, and do something. Mm. Uh, but on the other hand, so many of the things that they teach you mm. ha- how to do are just so bad for your body if you're mm. overweight. Uh, so I where's think, the... I think the comparison between MasterChef and Fatty Loser is unfair, though, because I think... On balance, Fatty Loser is immoral. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fatty Loser is way worse. Whereas MasterChef, I mean, it definitely has encouraged people to cook fresh food. And even kids, apparently, from everything I've been reading, you know, a lot of kids who really, you know, there are lots of people, even from our generation, but certainly ones under us, who literally don't know even how to boil water you know, or throw together a basic kind of curry or a casserole or something like that. This reminds me of an ad for, uh, for uh, I think it was a Maggi product mm. back in the 80s that featured Dano from... Uh, Jono and Dano. From Jono and Dano. Yeah. Uh, Ian Richardson. Yeah, I think so. Uh, He's still cooking. And, uh, and still part of said, Jono and Dano and gold. He said, and this was, this was in the script of the ad, when I left home, mm. I didn't know how to boil an egg. Mm. But now with Maggi blah, blah, blah dinners. Oh, God. And, and the thing is, it was a tin mm. that you put in... In a pot of boiling water, mm. and as a child, I couldn't work out how this dickhead didn't know how to boil, boil an, egg, an egg, but knew how to boil a tin. <laughs> but yes, indeed. Did you watch um, when it was on though? Jamie Oliver with the whole pay it forward kind of, you know, te- I can't remember the name of the show, In the but village teaching people the recipes and stuff, which getting is people to go very out and, and teach their friends how to. So cook they're meant and, to teach seven yeah. people how to cook this recipe to try and teach people how to cook. And Sounds like a chain letter. I'll just delete it. It was fascinating. There was a woman there and he was trying to teach her to poach an egg. 
Mm. And so he said, you know, put boil some water. And she's standing there and she, she said to him, so um, how will I know when the water's boiling? And he looked at her like, you're taking the piss. And he said, just, just boil it on the top of the stove. And she goes, but how will I know when it's boiling? And he said, when bubbles come up, that means it's boiling. She's like, okay, okay. And she wrote it down. And you go, at that point you go, that's the level, like, that is the lack of um, skill that you're dealing with. I think out of that series, there was a lot of fallout on both sides that the people in the village had, had felt like they were, were patronised and, and put down through the, uh, through the process and Jamie Oliver just couldn't believe what idiots they were. I thought he was incredibly sensitive, actually. Really? I did. I really there, did. There was some... They weren't friends by the end of it. Look, I think that there are a few people who on that who would just like that stupid woman who, when he was doing the thing with the um, like trying to improve school lunches, and she's like, "No bloody Londoner's going to come in here and tell me what to do." And there she's literally with hamburgers and chips at the school fence, passing them through to the kids like they were contraband. I mean, that's just she deserves to have the piss taken out of her, frankly. But with the there was like there was one woman, for example, who was saying, "You need to go to the market and buy your food. Don't go to the supermarket and buy processed crap." go to the market and she was like oh I can't go to the market anyway after 10 minutes of discussion he realized she couldn't afford the bus ticket to get to the market so did he understand the predicament that she was in not fully but was he open to listening to it and sensitive about it I thought he was I thought it was quite interesting it, but that, wouldn't that it actually mind, wouldn't, wouldn't the project be cheaper at the market and so what mm. how much off topic do you want to get <laughs> that was bang on topic no. Uh, that brings to mind, though, mm. With do you think MasterChef was responsible for things like McDonald's bringing out the Black Angus last yeah. year? Do mm. you think Do you think it's it's responsible for a, a kind of a, a higher class of Australian taste uh, mm. being exposed to different kinds of of things and so forcing large companies to to adapt to that. I think that's McDonald's just trying to pretend that they've got quality food. Mm. I mean, I think maybe MasterChef is part of that cultural shift, but it's like McDonald's going, "See, we've got salads and some decent meat." Yeah, no one's buying them, but we have got them. I mean, you're going to go in there and get, you know, a shit burger and chips and end up weighing 300 kilos. But, you know, we've got it on offer. It's MasterChef that's on 7:30 Weeknights and Sunday on and Sunday for an hour and a half, I think. Oh, yeah, an hour and a half. Product product on placement channel 10. is. Uh, have we got enough time to talk about product placement? Not really. Not really. All right. Well, let's not worry about it. Hi, I'm really lucky to be the guest of these funny, gorgeous, sexy, hunky men. This is Craig McLaughlin. You're listening to Box Cutters. Dead Gorgeous is a show that's been on ABC Three uh, recently. It's a, an ABC and BBC co-production, mm-hmm. and it brings with it, I, I think, an interesting take on the standard 30-minute high school-based comedy. Uh, follows Rebecca, Sophie, and Hazel Ainsworth, who are ghosts. This, by the way, is before and after school. Yes. Okay. That's uh, mm-hmm. earlier in the show when I said before and after school. That's what this is. So, uh, Re- Rebecca, Sophie, and Hazel Ainsworth are ghosts. They're English girls who lived on a large estate in Australia with their father... But they were tragically killed in a coach accident. This is cheery. Back in the 1800s. Uh, 
and through some contrivance that we'll never speak of again, they're given a second chance at life. Mm-hmm. They kind of semi-materialise as ghosts in their old house, which has now been turned into a boarding school filmed at Melbourne's own Rip and Lee mm-hmm. as, a, as a big house on a very large estate, now a boarding school. Anyone who's been to Rip and Lee can recognise it as a very old Australian house. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. That's it? That's it. <laughs> okay. That's it. Uh, so, the ghosts, they can be seen... They can touch things, but they can also walk through walls. So, basically, they can live their lives as regular people without the burdens of Newtonian physics. Do they have special powers? They can walk through walls. But can they, like, make things Yeah, they can. They and... can make things move, mm-hmm. and uh, they kind of discover all of this later on. Okay. Uh, that they can, they can make things move with their mind, and they can also float and... Mm-hmm. And do all all sorts of things, uh, but yeah, let's not speak about that okay. either because it mm-hmm. just it just holes that you can. All right, what are we speaking? Drive about? drive ghosts through, okay. <laughs> really, <laughs> which giant, aren't holes at all. Which aren't holes at all. Go there could walls. be walls. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's produced by Ewan Burnett's Burberry Productions, and uh, that they have produced in the past. Uh, 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 around the twist, uh, amongst other uh, kids shows, but they've got mm-hmm. a, a huge uh, a pedigree of uh, of kids shows behind them, and it's got all the ingredients to make a great after school series. Uh, it combines a little bit of history lesson with some entertaining situation comedy, as well as exploring the trials of growing up, which these shows generally do. And it's got a bit of tragedy, but it's kind of once removed because it was, you know, because it was a long so so long ago, yeah. and now they're back alive. Mm. So it's it's from from tragedy comes re- mm. rebirth, kind mm. of a, a, a thing, which is which is nice. I mean, they still have to deal with the fact that everybody they've ne- ever known, other than their sisters, dead. Mm. You know, they they still need but they to deal didn't with get that. to actually meet up with them once they died. Like their father just he went to the light, didn't bother hanging around to. To well, look yeah, after the, the young girls. The the limbo they they've been in limbo because uh, they're they were uh, baptized before they died. No, because <laughs> they they appealed the death. Right, right. They they appealed the death, and so have been kept in limbo until the ghost council. This is why I didn't want to speak about it. It's right. ridiculous. Until the I ghost council. I can't like that idea can, that you uh, could appeal. Your, no, no. What you've done here, you've taken me too young. And I'm going to put in a, uh, a an, appeal. an appeal. I so like they, that. So they get their their second chance at, at life, uh, which is which is kind of a, a fun idea. Yeah, I think. I mean, kind of. I reckon it's interesting because if you did have, if the kids had died like contemporaneously, and they had uh, friends and family still alive, that would actually be sadder because they wouldn't be able to communicate, presumably, with their. With, with relatives and with that their dead would family, which really is really sad. Have you ever seen the uh, the uh, show Dead Like Me? No. Okay, you, you need to do that. It's like Ghost. I'll go there for you. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, Whereas setting it, you know, because even though it's sad that they're on their own, because their family and friend have passed, you don't have to, as a viewer, watch them be so close to the people they love but not be able to have them. Yes. You know, which would be sad. Which And so that, that works quite well. And I have to say also... That the mix of uh, British and Australian young, young actors, which is often a recipe for 
disastrously mm. hammy. How you going, mate? I'm very good. Very thank you. good. Ooh, yes. Oh, I declare. Yeah. Uh, kind of thing. This it actually seems to work mm. uh, with only kind of a, a tiny amount of of broad young performances, and it leaves all of the scenery chewing for the adults. Mm. The, the adults are Jerry Connolly, Julie Forsyth, and Julie Eckersley. Uh, I think I think Dead Gorgeous is really watchable. What I think time's it on? Uh, it's on 8pm on ABC3, mm-hmm. and it'll probably get an after-school run on ABC1, so probably a, a 5.30 time slot. Uh, however, my big problem with Dead Gorgeous, in fact, my only problem with Dead Gorgeous, other than the fact that, you know, let's pretend physics doesn't exist, mm. uh, the theme song. Now, the theme song is horrible. What is absolutely that? Absolutely horrible. As I can't remember... It's I can't not remember I wear th- my sunglasses at night no. or something like that. I can't remember the the exact uh, the exact lines of the of the song, but it, it does sound a lot like it was the first draft and, and they just kind of put it in as a placeholder <laughs> and then, oh, the show's going away. Well, right. let's just go That'll with be. that. And it's, it's, it's kind of along the lines of some things change, some things have remained the same... We were dead, but now we're ghosts. La la oh, la. No. It's it's and really. And is the music really, offensive really... or just the lyrics? Uh, oh, no, the music. The music sounds like I wrote it. Mm. Yeah, it's not great. Because I've been watching back to back Shields, The Shield on DVD. Oh, yeah. Speaking of kids shows. Oh, but no. Speaking of theme music, that uh, that mu- you know, that oh, yeah. like it actually, I, I almost have a panic attack every time I watch it. It's just like, couldn't you have just taken it down a notch? Well, this brings up something, something that I will uh, I'll bring up in, in pork, mm. uh, a, a news item that uh, we didn't get a chance to cover. But yes, Dead Gorgeous, I think it's quite quite good for, check it out. Uh, for, for a, a young person's TV series. 8pm, mm-hmm. ABC3 at the moment. Uh, and I believe you can also see it on iView, some episodes. Okay. If you watch one thing. Nelly Thomas, yeah. you have done nothing but watch television yeah. and fairy penguins for the yeah. week. Although, little sorry, Brett, penguins. little penguins, little penguins, little penguins, underwhelming. They they like to be called little penguins now. Mm. No, the 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 you can't uh, call them midget penguins or dwarf <laughs> penguins. The species classifiers. Rather, uh, the the little penguins be called little penguins and not fairy penguins. And what about the penguins? Don't the penguins have a say in this? They're not uh, that Speaking of off-topic. What would you watch, Nelly? Um, well, you told me I can't have two things, but I'm just going to say I'm you quietly looking forward to modern, fa- modern Family. I'm just uh, quietly looking forward to it. So you're liking, considering your one thing I'm to be Modern Family. I'm considering something because the promos look very interesting. But my uh, one I, I thing... Say, I have to say the promos from Modern Family make, make the show look terrible and it's a really funny show. I think the promos are great. I hate that. I hate that line. The modern family, not that different to your oh, family. I hate that, but I like the little snippets that I've oh, the, seen. Yeah, the I little thought, jokes. Oh, this is looking interesting. Yeah, the little jokes, it's great. Yeah, it's a no, good I'm show. looking forward to it. Um, my one thing's actually on tonight, and I have a bad habit of doing this, but it is... Um, it's Monday night. It's Q&A. Monday yep. night, Monday, April 26th at 9.35. And I think it's a special Anzac Day 
um, thing. And they've got Peter Fitzsimmons or Fitzsimons, I'm not sure, from the ADF and a brigadier, a lady brigadier. And so not the brigadier from Doctor Who? Oh. No. Okay. That's and right. Henry Reynolds. Ladies brigadiers, are they? Yes, apparently. And Jermaine Greer, who I'm sure will have some views on <laughs> Lady Brigadiers. Really? J- Jermaine Greer having some views? Yes. Well, what a surprise. Have you seen Jermaine Greer on Q&A? No. She is outstanding. Honest to God. I mean, I'm, I'm not a Jermaine Greer supporter necessarily. She's, some of the things she says irritate the bejesus out of me. But on Q&A, you actually realise what a depth of intellect that woman has. She is phenomenal. Do we know, is Q&A repeated at any stage? It is, but I'm not sure when, but it is repeated. Right, search your local yeah. guides. And it's definitely available on uh, the ABC, uh, what's it called? Thingo? iView. iView. Uh, it is. Yes. Q&A is available on yeah, iView. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, I would watch, if I was going to watch one thing, on ABC2 on Sunday night at 9.30, they've got the Murder Ball Highlights. The, oh, oh, is that the wheelchair? The wheelchair oh. rugby. Cool. Wheelchair rugby. Uh, it's there's Herc a, and Jason Street. It is. Yeah. There's a there's a whole uh, th- there's a whole series going on at the moment uh, somewhere in the world, mm. and uh, and ABC Two are going to have highlights from from cool. the week's games. So I'm going to be watching that Sunday night uh, at nine thirty on ABC Two. I'll be holding out uh, until they start broadcasting the uh, murder slam ball, where they <laughs> have the wheelchairs <laughs> and introduce some trampolines. It's a lot more uh, exciting. Paraplegic (laughs) trampolines. I hope you're joking. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Jesus. Oh, no. I love that idea so much. I'd watch that. I'd watch that ten times more. Hell yeah! Um, I, I like Nelly. Uh, almost went something else. Uh, I'm not sure how it's going to go, but I think it's worth a look to just check it out. Uh, Richard Hammond hosting uh, the British uh, uh, thing over from Argentina. Let's record it in Argentina so that nobody can sue us. So we don't have to have health and safety. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember what that show was called. It was. It's like in, it's a knockout, but mm. with more danger. Oh, and okay. a contestant did actually die recently, for, oh. uh, possibly from injuries sustained, uh, but it was sometime after the fact. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we covered that on this show. Brett. This is uh, <laughs> on this very show. The Box UK's cutters. version is called Total Wipeout. The UK version. What channels? Our on? version and uh, the US version were just Wipeout, but uh, Total okay. Wipeout is hosted by Richard Hammond. Totally. Might be interesting to have a look at. It's on uh, Go Five Nights a Week. Uh, at 6.30. But for those who uh, have just joined us recently, uh, they wouldn't have heard our, our, our discussions a few years ago now about uh, anatomy for beginners and the smiling anatomy. You, so you're, you're going the same, I've got two things. Thing no, 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 no. tried to get through. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not sure that the Richard Hammond thing is, is good to look at at all. Um, it might be worth having a look at. Because he might be all right. Anatomy for Beginners, the series, uh, begins on SBS 1, 10 o'clock Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the first of the series. And I'm not sure if it was a four or a six-part series. Um, but a uh, little bit gruesome. If you're, if you're delicate of constitution, you might Good day. need to look away quite a bit. But, mm. yeah, very informative and, and interesting. And, and while the British... Uh, doctor in his lab coat uh, explains how all these things work. You have uh, the Gunther von Hagen's in his uh, fedora cutting up the, mm. the cadavers and demonstrating. That's one thing. 
Okay, question three. Which yeah, canal? All these going to be about war. No, I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Box cutter. Uh, last week on box cutters, we had we had a quiz, a secret quiz, mm. a secret quiz, and I don't know what the answer was, but only one person bothered. There were <laughs> well, how secret was the quiz? It was really secret. <laughs> right. It was really really secret. I don't even know what the answer Is was. There a secret prize, but Daniel Kilby. Uh, no, the, the prize is a, a, a thirsty owl, a red mm-hmm. thirsty owl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Kilby wrote in and said that there were 86 mentions of Squizzy Taylor, including two of actual Squizzy Taylor and 84 mentions of the film in last week's episode of Box Cutters and the little thing that we put on the boxcutters.net site that tells you what's coming up this week. Uh, and he couldn't uh, be bothered counting all the near misses because he has a life. But we did we did do a lot That's of uh, you know Dizzy Baylor and th- things like that to try to throw people. <laughs> Apparently, eighty six Taylor making his suit and not sun. He's looking in the sun. So, uh, so Daniel, for, for your <laughs> for your efforts, you do get a, a crumpler thirsty owl. Thank you so much for for doing that. When I got that email during the week, well done. I uh, I, I laughed quite a lot and uh, and couldn't believe it. So, uh, well done. Uh, and that will serve everybody else right for not listening to that secret bit that we spend so much time and effort planning each week. Hopefully not such a secret anymore. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Recently on a on a flight, I had the opportunity to sit next to Mark Mothersbaugh, who does a whole lot of theme tunes for, uh, started with Nickelodeon shows and uh, and then has gone on to some others. So you might. How did know- you work at? Did you know him by sight? Yeah, he was also uh, lead of Devo. I was going to yeah. say, like, you sit down, and you kind of go, "What do you do?" And it happens to be someone in your field. Well, I happened yeah. to sit next to the lead singer from Devo, right? Who is also Mark Mothersbaugh, who also yeah. does all this other work, and uh, I, you know. Once I'd contained myself and got myself another pair of pants, I, uh, <laughs> I I was talking to him about theme songs, and he was he was talking about how hard it is because now a lot of TV shows don't have uh, theme songs, or they might just have you know two seconds of of song while uh, while the opening title credits come up, and well, then they take a, a pop song and just use that, and just and just use that. Uh, according to uh, Variety this week, uh, the uh, Academy of Television Arts and Sciences are considering dropping the main title theme category from this year's Emmys. Mm, why? Because not enough shows have theme have tunes anymore. Wow. So they don't have opening credit sequences and the closing credit sequences get talked all over the top of and coming up and you don't actually oh, they get put to see the, the credits or, or yeah. uh, the, hear the music. The split screen with the you know, credits oh, running on the left and the... It's terrible. Oh, it shits yeah. me. But it doesn't ha- just happen here. It happens in the States as well. I don't care where it happens. Years. I don't like it. <laughs> Thanks, Ethel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say Ethel. I thought it was Hannah Gadsby's mum. Either <laughs> or. 
<laughs> what have you got, uh, pork-wise, Nelly? Just things, something that's annoying me. I've got a few different things. Um, one, which I think you've already covered, on is the, the, what the hell is going on with the 7pm project, having, you know, Steve Price, Andrew Bolt, et al., like Genghis Khan will be on next week. Just I, I think, to, you know. I think from, from their point of view, they're looking at, uh, you know, that there isn't a voice for right-wing... Uh, for, <laughs> I, I for, hope you're joking. For, for a right-wing comment at 7pm on a weeknight. Because, <laughs> you know, on the other channels, you've got two and a, you've got two, two and a half men and, uh, and home and away. Two and a half men with one and a half jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and and home and away. So it's seven p.m. on a weeknight. We need a bit of Andrew Bolt. You need you need a bit of Andrew Bolt. Well, just makes... to just to redress the balance. When I turned on and there's an ad for seven p.m. project, you know, are Aussies racist? And then you see that Steve Price or Andrew Bolt or whoever he's going to be on. You just kind of go, is this is it six thirty? And I've happened to turn on Channel Nine, or is this actually the seven p.m. Pro- like what the hell's going on? But are you expecting them to not have those people on because... I'm certainly expecting them, if they are going to have someone like an Andrew Bolt on, in particular, or a Steve Price, who are clearly right-wing shock jocks, then at the very least have um, a voice of reason, i.e. someone from the left, yes, I have declared my hand, have someone on there who has the ability and uh, interest in balancing out that view. Because they just seem to just ride roughshod over the hosts and just spurt their bullshit without any kind of uh, anyone challenging them appropriately, and it just drives me mad. I have a feeling about that though. Mm. Am I feeling? Is it an is irritating that one? Channel Ten lets the seven pm project go without stellar ratings for a long time, and there have been many tweaks along the way, and I suspect that's that. Right wing reactionary, uh, everybody not from Australia is a terrorist kind of attitude thing is where the demographic of, of the people that are actually willing to watch the show is at. I just think that. Well, I mean, if that regard, I don't that, know what because, their motivation Because all the right thinking people are watching ABC News because that's. You mean the all the left thinking? All the correct <laughs> thinking. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, well, it's a marked shift and one that I don't like. But I, can, I mean, I, I think they didn't start. I mean, it's obviously been a confused agenda from the start. Is it a comedy show? Is it satire? Is it current affairs? I mean, I don't think they've ever really got that right, to be honest. But it didn't start off trying to basically provoke. I, I didn't feel no, that it was trying no, to provoke. And, that's, and that Whereas is what it's now, doing now. It's like, all right, eh. Oh, are Aussies racist? You know, I mean, I saw bloody Andrew Bolt on there banging on about how, oh, see, we were right about the war in Iraq. And I'm like, is anyone going to say anything? Like, is anyone going to kind of challenge that at all? Like, is there going to – are you going to make him at least justify that he just said that? I mean, it's just – I find it remarkable and disappointing. I mean, I don't know what it's done ratings-wise, but for me as a viewer, um, I just find – I'm finding it really disappointing. Mm. I've mm. been bored by it for, for yeah. a very long time. Well, there's that as well, but I mean, there's the boredom aspect of it, and the whose role is what? What is your role of the different people, which I still haven't worked out. Um, but then to have this added kind of irritation of you know some some pretty extreme views that are going unchallenged. I don't know. And I I, I do mourn the fact that people with more brains than that have just laid down and gone along with it because it's a job 
is the feeling I get about some people involved with that production. Well, I mean, I, I, I wonder whether it, that's the case. I mean, is who, it that... Who in particular, That's just Brett? the feeling I get. Right. Well, you think the hosts are deliberately well, not challenging it because they've been told to? No, actually, I, I, I suspect Carrie Bickmore's uh, always just been that way, and uh, thus I, I don't like it much. But uh, I always felt that Charlie Pickering had more of a clue about social justice and... and humanitarianism and stuff. I would think his sympathies are definitely left-leaning. I mean, mm. just from from knowing him a little bit, but his work, I would think that's the case. But I don't know whether it would be the case that he's been told not to challenge or whether that's not his role or whether maybe he agrees with someone. I, I mean, who knows? But either way, regardless of who should so or whatever. So this is just my feeling that I'm... Yeah, I don't know I, I why think someone isn't. I think it would be very easy for someone like Charlie to... Uh, even though he has the host role mm. and and he's sitting there in the host seat, uh, he doesn't have the experience that That's someone like saying. Andrew yeah. Bolt or Steve Price has. That's exactly right. So so when when Andrew Bolt comes in, it's it's so hard to mm. shut someone like that up. And I guess that's what I'm, I don't think it's the fact. I'm trying not to. I don't want to criticise Charlie in the sense of saying that he's not experienced because he's obviously a very experienced performer. But in terms of the ability to challenge someone like that, like an Andrew Bolt or a Steve Price, who has you are so skilled at that kind of um, bringing their agenda and mm. like right in your face and just chopping down anyone who they're, they're opposes world, them. World rhetoric champions. There's no one on that panel. Husey, Charlie or Carrie, who even if they wanted to, have the skill to challenge that. So they should be balancing it out with an equivalent yeah. uh, moderate or left-leaning person. Well, you know, I, I want to know what uh, listeners think. If they've seen 7pm mm. Project, uh, let us know. Hooray at boxcutters.net. Mm. And do you watch it? Why do you watch it? Uh, just let us know or let us know in the comments to this episode at uh, boxcutters.net. You'll find that on the website. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 221. I want to say thanks to Crumpler, our giveaway sponsors. They gave us a Thursday owl to give to Daniel Kilby. Right who, on. Who uh, correctly counted how many times we talked about Squizzy Taylor. He was exactly correct. That was amazing. Yeah, I know. Even as, as much as we tried to trick him. And, and by exactly... I was going to cor- trick all the, all the uh, quiz and, enterers. And, and by, uh, by exactly correct, you mean you also didn't bother going back and counting how many we did. We'll take we got him to count for us. Yeah. <laughs> Until that was the next, point, wasn't it? <laughs> Until next week, my name is Rigorous. Josh Canal. I'm Nellie Thomas. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Box Cutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 Cutter. So no, Brett, all, all I'm saying 
is that we started off talking about MasterChef and then went into talking about Jamie Oliver. Yeah. And then from there started talking about this one woman <laughs> in Britain who couldn't afford to get on the bus. Well, no, mm. we didn't because you cut bread off. Well, this is what I'm saying. I think that yeah. went too far right. off the topic of MasterChef, whether or not this woman could get on the bus to go to the market. I think you're a cranky, cranky man. Really? I do. Really? But it's just cheaper and, and you don't have to go to the supermarket. It's not a realisation that Jamie Oliver had and to come into because, because you're saving money by going to, to the market <laughs> and uh, getting your fresh produce. So the pro- See, if, he, if she'd just gone to the market instead and uh, made the savings, she'd, she'd easily be able to... He's got a point. He's got a point, Josh. To afford a bus ticket. He's it's easy. Point. It's not a problem. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.